You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1198. There's three parts to any real estate business, but especially ours in wholesale. Lead generation is the first. Conversion is the second. Converting those leads into a signed agreement or closing on getting the contract signed, I should say. And then the third part is exit strategy which really is just, are you going to hold it? Are you going to flip it? Or are you going to assign it? Which is what happens when we wholesale. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted property is the most proven path to financial freedom. I'm your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People. And I'm telling you this, if I could do this business, so can you. So let's get started. We're going to start this conversation in Stockton, California, a classic example of what happens when you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then you start you know, going down the path of real estate investing until you finally understand, wait just a second. It's not about buying and holding off the bat. It's not fixing and flipping off the bat. It's not lending money off the bat. It's about finding the deals. It's about what we call wholesaling real estate. That's how you build the foundation of your real estate business. And that is where everything else gets built off of. And so to tell the his story and to really explain how he got started and how he built it up and how he worked for other people. And then he started his own business, Colin Buman. Colin, how are you? I'm doing great, Brent. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on here. So when did you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Let's jump right in. I probably read it right out of high school and that was probably, I don't know, um, seven years ago or so. Who gave it to you when you were right out of high school? Uh, no one gave it to me. I, I bought the book. My mom wanted me to read it a long time ago. I never did. I said, I don't need that. You know, eventually I just came across the book and I bought it and I just read it myself. And your mom obviously had read the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, is your mom a real estate investor as well? Uh, she is now. Yeah. Really? What kind? Uh, she's uh, flipping property. She has a rental as well. So, t- and, and what is her background? Uh, her background, she actually worked for uh, the government. Well, she still works for the government right now, but she works for the government. She has like a government job. No real estate background. Just uh, So government employees can flip houses and yes, can have can. rentals. Yes, they can. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. What, well, it starts with finding a great deal. Right. Right? So is she buying your deals? Yeah, she bought the last one, yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. So you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you start pulling on the thread of, okay, I'm going to find out everything that I can Mm -hmm. about real estate investing. Then where did that path lead you? Well, you know, honestly, when I read the book, you know, it blew my mind and um, I thought it was super impactful. And honestly, I never took any action on anything that I read for a while. You know, I actually ended up, you know, working different jobs and this and that. And you know, my original assumption was, you know, I need to save up some money to buy a rental property. 
So I worked different jobs. I found myself eventually in the cannabis industry, but for a while I never did anything with that knowledge. And so you just got a regular nine to five mm-hmm. and kind of put it on the sideline, put your, uh, your real estate dreams on the bookshelf right next to rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, like I said, you know, the path is to save up money, get a you know decent paying job, save up money and eventually buy rental properties and build your portfolio. That was my, my thought of how to get into real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Absolutely. I remember reading that and I was like, oh, well, I got to be a landlord. I mean, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And then I became a landlord and the whole market shifted and I foreclosed on every single one of those properties and it turned into a a nightmare really, really, really fast. And that's when I really started getting in and understanding, okay, how are people really doing this? How are people finding really unbelievable deals and building up a bank account to where they can focus 100% on being a real estate entrepreneur? And that's truly what led me down the path of listening to this exact podcast, listening to Tom Kroll and him taking my wholesaling business to the next level because it just really wasn't talked about. You know what I mean? It really wasn't a known thing to, oh, if you just go out there and you find a property owner and you put that property under contract, boom, all of a sudden you have an asset that you can sell and you can actually make income to support yourself and to grow your business and to hire really great people. And that truly is the new path. So if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time, finding discounted properties, that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. It's it's really that important. And I think I've hit on that like three or four times already in the first five minutes of this podcast, but it truly is life-changing. And it was for Colin as well. So how'd you get back into real estate? You're doing the cannabis business. Mm -hmm. You're working the nine to five. Is it just always kind of in the back of your mind? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did that for maybe, you know, two, two or three years and kind of in the middle of of that journey, I kind of realized, you know, this isn't really getting me where I want to be. You know, it's going to take me forever. I'm going to have to work here forever to start acquiring, you know, rental properties. And so, you know, like I said, I, I read the book way back when, and it was always in the back of my mind, real estate, real estate. And so eventually I just started looking at, you know, kind of how can I make my way into real estate now rather than waiting all these years, you know? And so I did research online. I thought, hey, maybe I can be an agent, a real estate agent. And I looked at different things and eventually I found I found out about wholesaling, like on YouTube and people talking about it, you know, you and Pace Morby and all these people, you know, making YouTube videos about wholesaling. Yeah. And what I realized is, okay, well, this sounds, you know, pretty interesting. And I realized that wholesaling would allow me to make a high income, which would then allow me to build wealth faster because there's a difference, right? Yeah. Weren't you nervous though? I mean, what'd you do to start taking action? (laughs) I was, uh, yeah, I was super nervous. I, what I ended up doing actually is, um, I got on a a Facebook group. I think it was, yeah, it was Pace Morby's uh, free Facebook group. And I got on there and I was searching through the posts and there was uh, a group of wholesalers out in Georgia looking for people to, to work for them. They were looking for people just to dedicate their time, people who were serious. They provided you know, training, dialers, systems, all that. Yeah. And so um, I messaged them and I got connected with them and they brought me onto their team. Awesome. As an acquisition manager? Yeah. Acquisitions, you know, cold calling, lead follow-up, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So you had to do lead generation and convert those leads? Yeah. You were a cold caller slash acquisition manager. Yep. So 
they give you a list. Here's a list of distressed property owners here in Georgia. Here's their phone number. Press go. Go talk to them and find the ones that want to sell and then put them under contract. Yep, exactly. And how much training was involved? Um, I mean, not much. You know, they gave us a basic rundown. You know, they gave us a script. And, you know, like I said, they, they had all the systems in place. But at that point, I had watched a few videos. I understood the basics. But, I mean, really... The entire business just comes down to start calling, start talking yep. to people, you know? Yeah. So there wasn't much training. They pretty much just said, hey, here's the systems, press go. And then they would sell those deals or keep them. Exactly. Yeah. They would sell them. That is, <laughs> that is a good business. And were they paying you hourly? No, it was all, um, it was all commission. You, got, you had to get a deal. Holy cow. This is the best deal for them of all time. Mm-hmm. Listen, I mean, there's three parts to any real estate business, but especially ours in wholesale, lead generation is the first, conversion is the second, converting those leads into a signed agreement or closing on getting the contract signed, I should say. And then the third part is exit strategy, which really is just, are you going to hold it? Are you going to flip it? Are you going to assign it? Which is what happens when we wholesale. And so you were doing the first two, you were doing most of the heavy lifting here. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, Brent, I mean, I, I'm super grateful for the opportunity, you know, for someone that I don't really know much about the business. I'm willing to work to learn, you know, and they provided everything. I didn't have to put up my own money or I, I was able to capitalize on the things that they've already learned, you know, and they just brought me into yep. the system and let me run with it, you know? Awesome. How long did you stay with them? I was probably with them for, I don't know, uh, I was working for them part-time just on the weekend, probably, I don't know, like six months or so, maybe a little bit more. Okay. Why only six months? Why not stay with them? So I actually ended up doing a deal with them. Um, I, I did my first deal with them. They sold the deal. And I actually ended up getting uh, fired from my cannabis job after those you know six months of working with them part-time. And to me, honestly, Brent, that was such a blessing <laughs> because I was already had my mind set up that I wanted to uh, get into real estate and do wholesaling. So for me, it was a blessing. I had, you know, money saved up that way I was, you know, taken care of. And so after I got fired, I just said, Hey, why don't I just do this full time? Yeah. And I started, started my own business here in California. Why'd you get fired? <laughs> you know, um, no good reason, really. Like I said, I, I really see it as a blessing. I think it was, I honestly think it was such a, such a good thing for me and where I was, because like I said, I was, uh, I was already planning on leaving anyway. Just sidestep that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's anyway. fine. I get it. So it was just the right timing. I mean, was it because they saw that you were interested in something else and you weren't really interested in the company anymore? Were you kind of drifting off? That happens a lot. A lot of, a lot of people that get into this business, you know, they're so obsessed. They're so, they're listening to it when they're driving to work. They're thinking about it. Their phone's going off and they're following up with leads and they're distracted from the job that they're supposed to be doing that the, the owners of the company are like, what, what is going on here? You're not the same person that I hire you need to get out of here. And that happens very often when it comes to real estate, especially when people are building momentum, especially when people are doing it part-time and close a deal and close a couple deals. And all of a sudden they're looking at their bank account. It's got way more money in it than it ever did working that nine to five. And then it's almost like 
you're dating somebody that you don't want to be with anymore. So you kind of sabotage it so that you don't have to like hurt feelings too bad. You know, I see that happen a lot with people that are coming into our industry from other jobs, from other nine to fives, from even from salary work. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it just, this, this is all consuming and it's so exciting to see because those people often, the, the people that are obsessed are the people that really take off fast and really do some special things. Yeah. You know, I think, um, for me, you know, I always, try not to let what I was doing part-time interfere with, you know, my nine to five job, but I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard when, you know, like you said, you see your bank account increase rapidly, you know, in a couple of months. So I'm sure some of that was, was part of it, you know, but there was also a lot of changes um, going on in the company and it was a little bit political, you know, to be honest, and I don't blame anybody for me getting fired. Right. But yeah. I think there was a couple of factors, but yeah, I'm sure some of that was apparent, you know, my, my focus shifting. So I have a rule that you shouldn't hire anybody in your business until you talk to a thousand property owners yourself. That sounds like a heavy, heavy ask, right? Because I truly believe after you've talked to a thousand property owners, you could talk to anybody about anything. And I, I believe it makes you a stronger professional in our business. It makes you a magnet for really great talent. It really changes the way that you feel about initiating conversations. You're not as timid anymore. You're not, you're not really, you know, concerned that people are going to reject you as much. You just get a tougher skin. And as an entrepreneur, you need to have a tougher skin because it is not all rainbows and daisies and beautiful days and everything goes smooth. You got to be able to deal with the rough storms as much as the calm seas. What did you learn? What did you learn after talking to a thousand property owners? Walk us through that. What was your first 10 conversations? Your first hundred all the way to a thousand. You know what I mean? Like, were, did you feel okay? Were you, were you just a natural at it? Or was it something that you definitely had to adjust? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, certainly when I first started, man, I was terrible. I'm sure, you know, I was nervous. I had the butterflies in my stomach and I probably stumbled on my words and, and all that, right? Um, I didn't have any prior uh, phone prospecting experience or anything like that. Um, so the first 10 were, uh, were a gut check for sure. Even the first 100, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, even after talking to a thousand, it's still sometimes you, you hesitate or you procrastinate to get on the phone because it can be challenging, you know? But I think to your point, Brent, I mean, one thing that I learned is, man, like, you really start to build that thick skin like you talked about. And it really just kind of bleeds and translates to other aspects of your life. You know, if you can talk to some random stranger about their house, you can talk to someone at the grocery store or someone at the bank or whatever, you know? So, and I think that's important. Like you said, a lot of people, they skip that part because they're scared to do it themselves, you know, but I tell people the same thing. I recommend, Hey, get on the phone for a little bit before you, before you hire someone. It's difficult to understand what kind of talent you have if you don't have the skills as well. And I don't think that you should always do it. I certainly don't do it. I haven't done it for uh, five years, but it's a skill that stays with me. I mean, I could hop on right now. If I lost everything, uh, I know that with uh, name, address, and phone number, I could get it all back just because that's something that that's a skill that gets built over time. And I think it's so powerful. So you went there, they had 
all the names, all the addresses, all the phone numbers for you to call. You started getting some deals. At what point did you decide to go out on your own and really start investing your time into your own business? Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, after I, after I got fired, I saw it as a huge blessing and a huge opportunity. It freed up my schedule. I had nothing else to do, but uh, start making calls, you know? And so at that point I was still working with them um, part-time, but they kind of started focusing on other things. They were looking to like buy businesses or, and, and get into different aspects of business. And so I figured, Hey, you know, let me take what I've learned. Now that my schedule's open, I have some money saved up. Let me go ahead and uh, join the, the Rhino tribe and uh, start you know, doing my own, my own business here. And so what'd you do first? Walk us through those early days. <laughs> I did the same thing. The only thing that I knew to do, pull a list, start calling, drive for dollars. And it worked? It worked. It worked. How long did it take? It took about three, four months. Before you closed something? Uh, before I got a contract. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it took a few months. So what was going on in your mindset when you're going three or four months making calls, being proactive, you don't have a job, mm-hmm. you know, I assume you have some money in savings, but that gets absorbed quickly. Mm-hmm. So pressure's on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no. And from past experience, from working with those guys out in Georgia, I knew it was possible. You know, I had done a deal with them and I knew it was possible. And realistically, I had no other choice. Like you said, I didn't have a job. I didn't have income coming in. It's, hey, let's do this. Let's try and make it happen. And let's see where it goes. You know, and I, and I knew to stick to the formula. You say it all the time. You talk to enough people, you will get a deal. Yeah, it's inevitable. I don't care if you're the worst communicator of all time. If you could barely speak you know, a few sentences and put it together, you'll find somebody. I mean, it it truly is really difficult to screw up a motivated property owner. The biggest hurdle I see when people are starting out is they're not sure if it's a deal or not. And they're trying to convince people to sell as opposed to being a deal finder, right? We're deal finders, not deal creators. And if you truly understand that, then you know, okay, I just have to talk to enough people and find the ones that actually want to sell right now. They've made the decision that they're going to sign the agreement and sell this property to somebody else. From there, there's a few different options that you have there. Obviously, if it's in really rough shape and needs significant investment, a cash as is offer is typically the best route to go because somebody's going to have to come in with significant investment uh, capital to make that property get the most out of it, right? To, to be able to, to get its highest and best use, to get the highest amount of rent or to get the highest price to sell if you're going to flip that property. Mm-hmm. So incredible. Let's talk about your first deal or let's talk about any deal, whatever deal you want to break down. Let's put you in the hot seat sure. here, Colin. I want to know how you found it. We're going to break it all down so people can listen to this or watch it on uh, the Brent Daniels YouTube channel and be able to implement into their business right away. So uh, let's break down a deal. Sure. Yeah. I'd love to talk about the uh, the deal that I did here um, after starting my own business. You know, the one we I mentioned earlier, it took, you know, three or four months. Yeah. Um, so that uh, lead came from a list I pulled from Batch Leads. It was a um, it was a tired uh, landlord list, and I think I spoke to him to, to the owner. Um, Explain what a tired landlord list is. Yeah, it's uh, it's a list of uh, property owners who 
uh, don't live in the uh, the subject property. Um, typically, you want someone that's owned it for you know over five to seven years. Uh, the house is a little bit older. You know, maybe it's in rough condition. They've been renting it out for a while. Someone who who you know is more likely to sell their property. Awesome. So you pull that. Yeah, so I and pulled then, that. Um, I think I spoke to him in. Um, you just called him up. Yeah, just called him up. Just called him up, and I asked him if he was looking to sell his property. Um, he he's mentioned that he would. Um, he wasn't quite ready at the time. Um, so you know, a few months of follow up. Eventually, he was ready to sell. He wanted three hundred five for the house. He had tenants in there for a long time. Eventually, you know, I met him and his wife, and we talked about it, and um, I was able to get it. Under contract for two sixty. How did you get him down? That's really interesting. So he was at three hundred five. How'd you get him down to two sixty? That's a forty five thousand dollar jump there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, honestly, I used pretty much everything I had learned from Ryan, who's your acquisition manager. Yeah. Um, and really, I think one of the main things that I that I take away from Ryan is the simple question of, "Hey, what is your overall goal?" with this problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to accomplish? You know, and once you figure out what the owner's looking for, you can solve their problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you got to find them. You, you got to discover, is there a problem? Mm-hmm. Because if people don't have a problem, put it on the market, yeah. go, go test out the list it with the real estate agent, go put it on the market and sell it traditionally. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the six to 10% of the properties that sell off market. And the reason that they do is because they have a problem. Mm-hmm. They want to trade uh, price for speed and convenience. And that's what we're talking about. You discover that by understanding what is their goal? What are they really trying to accomplish here? And what's important? I'd love to ask in this question, what's important to you about the buyer for your property? What's important to you about the buyer for your house? Right? It's going to pull out all of this incredible information. And then you get to understand, is this somebody that I can actually provide value to? Right. If not, here's a great referral to a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's one thing I, I tell pretty much everyone I talk to. I say, hey, look, you'll make more money if you list it. Yeah. You know, but again, it comes down to solving their problems. And so, you know, this owner had tenants in there for a long time, over 10 years. He didn't want to Put any work into the property. He didn't want to have to deal with the tenants. He just wanted to sell his property, not have to worry about it, and take some money and put it into some business he had in Mexico or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I agreed to solve this problem. Look, I can buy it fast. I can take care of the tenants. I'll work with the tenants to figure out that situation. Um, but here's the price that I need to be at. And so we came to an agreement and, and we put it in, uh, under contract. At 260 Yes, 260 And then you sold it for how much? Um, I sold it for 280 to my mom and my aunt who ended up uh, fixing it up and they're going to sell it. Absolutely. What are they going to sell it for? Uh, I think around 400 Oh my gosh, look at that. Come on! I love it. That is, that just makes me feel great. I mean, look at that. I mean, just one conversation that you had from a tired landlord, 260, your mom pays you 20, she's fixing it up, going to sell it for 400,000. What do you think she'll make on it? Probably, I don't know, maybe 40 grand. 40,000. 
Absolutely incredible. Look at that. From the woman that uh, <laughs> was so kind enough to introduce you to the to Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm. which you didn't want to read, but then later in life, something happened, and uh, and the spark to read that book came back into your eyes, and uh, and you put it into your brain, and then started taking action. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So how's how's business look now? You still doing it? You still calling? You still building? Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still calling. I made the mistake, and for anybody listening, don't make this mistake. When you get a deal under contract, obviously make sure it closes, but don't babysit it. Make sure you you know you keep calling. I made that mistake, and you know it created a, a lull where I didn't have too many leads and, and too many opportunities. You know, so you know over the past couple months, I've been really um, you know calling every day, building up my pipeline, and making sure that I have plenty of opportunities to come. Awesome. Absolutely incredible. And now you're just head down, focused, just building and building and building. Or you got deals in the pipeline? What does it look like? Yeah. I mean, I don't have any deals right now. Currently, um, I've got a few appointments um, you know, to go on and stuff like that. Um, but I certainly have you know, leads in the pipeline that are uh, good potential. And yeah, it's just a matter of you know, getting consistent. And, and I'm sticking hard to your advice. Get consistent, then hire somebody. That's right. Awesome. Well, give some words of wisdom to people that are just starting out. Yeah, I think, honestly, Brian, I think for anybody listening, I think a lot of times it's very easy to get caught up in watching these interviews, watching the videos. Oh, I mean, I'm just learning. I'm getting the basics down. But it becomes very easy to stay in that and not take the action. So my advice would be, you know, even if you don't know anything, just start calling people, start talking to people. doesn't even matter who it is, you know, just, just call yeah. somebody about their house. You'll learn from failing. That's how you learn, you know? Totally agree. How can people get a hold of you? How can they reach out to you? They want to say congratulations. They want to connect with you. Maybe they live in Stockton or around there. How do, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, they can just shoot me a text. It's fine. My number is 650-379-5162. One more time. Uh, 650-379-5162. You're brave. Absolutely brave. Put your phone number. I love it. I love it. Connect with people. And the more that you put out, the more that you help people that are just getting started out, the more opportunities you find. I mean, that's just the law of cause and effect. So absolutely incredible, Colin. Thank you for being on here. I'm so excited for you. I'm really interested, and I'm going to be texting you and finding out what your mom sells that property for and put it in the comments section here once that gets done. That's going to be absolutely cool. What what an incredible story. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive community, the most proactive tribe in real estate investing, Go to wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Check out what the Rhino Tribe is about. Check out all the testimonials. Check out what is filled in this program, in this coaching, in this support. And if it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And we look forward to working with you. And that's it. On behalf of the entire Wholesaling Inc. Rhino Tribe, I encourage you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time, guys. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.